0: Because the gay scene in Dublin is so small, from a distance it can look like it's a social leveller, and in some senses for some people it is, but uh, within the gay community itself you have all the ignorances and bigotries that you'd have in the wider community, and it has the double disadvantage sometimes of, because it's so small, it can be a bit like living in a village.
1: Some people might believe that gay people sort of leave their prejudices at the code check, but then um, I don't really think that's completely true. There's probably some elements of truth into it. You know, sex is a great leveler. Mandy Rice-Davis and Christine Keeler weren't, you know, Shag and John Profumo and co. They were doing that because they were sexy young women and sex goes across class barriers and I think there's some truth to that. You know, if um, an attractive 22-year-old unskilled worker from working-class area of town um, is attractive enough, he can be... Hanging out with barristers and you know doctors or whatever on the gay scene, and you know his cute friends will do the same. But it doesn't mean that people's class
2: prejudices are left behind. The gay scene being a so social leveler, I I I, um, I I wonder. Possibly, possibly ten or twenty years ago. I mean, inevitably, the social scene, the gay social scene, as much as anywhere else, uh, is full of its own cliques and hierarchies, uh, and those hierarchies, I, I think, depend on either the whim of a venue and its management or the clothes people wear, the accents they've got. I mean, it's, it seems to be universal, and I don't think the the gay scene. I'd always, I've always liked to think that the gay scene was able to rise above that, especially when it, it was um, socially and politically entrenched and, and under siege, in a way. But
3: uh, if you look around now, I, I think it's, it's not really true, that true. To an extent, I'd say the gay scene is a social le- leveller because, um, I mean, people come from all different backgrounds and, I mean, there is so few pubs, really, in Dublin... Um, and clubs that you'd find that because of that, people from all different backgrounds, classes, or whatever would all meet in the same place. Really, um, I suppose that to to an extent, there's some pubs like Liffey or whatever be more working class or more uh, rural or whatever. You know, uh, because it's I suppose it's to do with price as well of going into into some venues. I suppose it's to do with, um, you know, if you go into Elmdeliffio, it's free. If you go to the pod say it's gonna cost you eight quid or whatever. Um I suppose that has something to do with it as well. But um by and large though, I think most places it, 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 in clubs and in pubs it is a social level leveller, yeah. yeah i agree.
4: That maxim that the gay scene is a social level, I think is something of a myth. Um Although those myths arise up, arise out of there being some kind of grain of truth in it and when you walk into a gay bar, the first thing you notice, I suppose, is that there's a, such a cross-section of ages and different types of people that on the surface it, it looks as if everyone's there together. And it's the same kind of myth, I think, that is behind that, that phrase, gay community, um, the way that people on the outside of gay life tend to see everything as being unitary, um, when, of course, there's as much division in the gay community as there is in any other as part of the community.
5: In the early years, it may have been the case when there were very few places for people to go you know, by necessity. If you were gay, you had just one place to go, and people did come together, middle-class people, um, working-class people in Dublin but uh, and around the country. But I think over the, fa- the last few years, and it's a sign of actually what's happened, it's a sign of success in some ways, that there are more places, not, en- not enough, But certainly in Dublin there are more places for people to go and uh, as a result people are making choices to go for different reasons. Working class people can make the choice to go uh, to be with other working class people. Middle class people make decisions to go to middle class events where more middle class people will be. So I think that is, I think it's, it's getting more stratified as there are more gay venues in Dublin.
4: I think if you're trying to pinpoint the divisions between classes on the gay scene you might be setting yourself a quite difficult task because so much of gay life can happen in a number of different places and it's not all operating in the same sphere so you can walk into a gay bar and you're only seeing a certain aspect of of gay life and you can't really draw conclusions about the whole of, of gay life from what you see there um, but of course there are groups of middle class gays who may who are professional or whatever who who are there together because they share interests um, and I suppose there is some division between that group of middle class educated professional gays and working class gays for example and I think the whole bracket of rough trade, the way it 's talked about in in quite snobby terms um, is a very negative aspect and it 's quite revealing of the way in which there is this divisiveness within within the gay
2: community. Really, the, the, the only type of venue that offers facilities straight up, that, that makes no distinction on any level, really, uh, is Outhouse. And in many ways, it's not that much different from the Hirschfeld Centre of years gone by. It's not much different from the other place in Cork. It's not much different from uh, the uh, Gay Social Centre and uh, Support Centre up, up in Belfast. And it seems to me that... There is probably a need for, uh, as the scene becomes more commercialised, and also as the distinctions between gay and and hetero, social habits are blurred. Uh, it seems to me that we need, we need more and more. We need the venue to provide a uh, that sort of social support system that's free of of um, the labelling and the, uh, the the packaging. Uh, and the, the elitism often that that goes with the... seems to come hand-in-hand hand with the commercial scene.
0: I think there are different extremes on the scene. There are places, say, out in liffy on one side and somewhere like Front Lounge. Front Lounge is mixed, but it would be gay. Um, you'd have different crowds going to different places. You'd have... People looking down their nose at each other.
1: I think if you look around the scene, you'll see that most people are hanging out with people of similar social backgrounds to them. Um, and as the scene gets bigger, that probably becomes more noticeable. You know, some bars are now sort of become bars for you know, more working-class queers, and some bars are more middle-class or whatever.
5: I think a lot of working class people do tend to go to certain places out like in the Liffey, which is a, a pub on on, uh, on the Liffey, and uh, people a lot of working that has become a very working class bar. Um, a lot of middle class people simply have stopped going there for various reasons. But one of them is that I suspect they they, they don't want to mix with the people who are there. Um, and maybe that's a bit unfair, but that that seems to be the case. So. Um, That is certainly one of them. And then a few kind of uh, clubs that are held intermittently would tend to attract one class or another. Definitely the pod on Friday night, in my estimation, and this is purely from my own observation, would be a very, very middle-class kind of event.
4: There are certain bars in Dublin which are more popular with working-class people, um, out on the Liffey, for example. You would find middle-class people in out on the Liffey as well, but it's not... not a bar that is catering for that audience in the same way as the Front Lounge is much more a middle-class bar. It's whole styling, it's whole placing as well in a certain part of the city. Um, Although it's not that far from the Outland Liffey, it is is clearly much more in in the area that middle-class people will feel happier in. It sits much more comfortably there.
0: Um, Outland Liffey, as a pub, would be more rough and ready. It's be more like a local pub um it's gay but it does have that local feel about it it's more um working class um quite mixed quite mixed in the sense that you'd get people who are quite what you'd say masculine or quite butch and quite effeminate but they'd all be you know, they wouldn't necessarily all be urban people, they'd be rural people and urban people, but they'd be all sort of rough-type, um, unsophisticated.
3: Well, I think you will get um, people... I mean, they would... I'd say they would more, meet more, so, uh, you know, they meet different types of from different classes or from different backgrounds, would meet up more often uh, in, in that situation because of the whole size of the, the whole uh, scene. You know, compared to the, say, straits where you have so many pubs and clubs or wherever, um, that, and from different areas. I mean, you're talking about they they go more locally, I'd say.
5: It's interesting, actually. Over the last few years, I've been to a few a few events, which haven't been very successful clubs. There were ones on Saturday night that a lot of young working class men would go to, and they would say they would never go to places like the George which they thought was too middle class, they wouldn't go to the pod and other events, they would say, are very middle class and they would have nothing, nothing at all in common with the people there. A place like the pod would be quite a cool,
0: um, welcoming environment. It wouldn't necessarily be discriminatory at store, you know. yeah, I wouldn't imagine, at least I don't think so the pod I find is a really mixed venue in age in uh, social background people mix quite freely um, but at the same time there's a well a lot of posing would go on in a club like the pod because it's good sounds good atmosphere good decor
3: trendy kind of a place a lot of gay men all around Dublin would have to go to the one venue or on some nights I mean Saturday night, there's only real the George, it's the only nightclub. So it'd be the only place that they could really go to have a a dance or go to a club in any way would be the George, you know. There's nowhere nowhere else.
0: You meet people who won't drink in one or the other. You'll get people from the the out-in-the-liffey shower that wouldn't be seen dead in the front lounge, maybe feel a bit intimidated by it or feel they wouldn't get in or for one reason or another or just don't them circles
5: a lot of young working class men would much prefer to be in these in these clubs where they might have lesbian friends and whatever who are from their locality and get on really well with them you know so i think you know that is the case that uh, people actually do you know do prefer actually t- to go to places for other reasons you know there's other things that bring them together other than their sexuality
0: People who, if they hear you've been in and out in the liffy and you're talking to them in the front lounge, terror runs across their face. Um, they, you know, have visions of the place as a dangerous place to be in or whatever, you know, uh, where I've never found out. I have witnessed fights in it, but they're usually, between people who know each other quite well, you know, they're not innocent bystanders. and They're usually sorted out quickly and they're thrown out. It's not a place to be frightened of. It's not a place I've ever felt intimidated or, you know, in fear of violence.
4: If you go to much bigger cities like London, you'll find that the scene is much more clearly stratified than it than it is in Dublin because as the scene gets bigger, it becomes more diverse and so different clubs and bars cater for different tastes and that can mean that it caters for different classes and different pockets as well. I think a bigger city in some ways
5: illustrates the inequalities more. I think, I mean, is it following the logic what we were saying is that in a, in a small city, say, like uh, maybe Cork or Waterford, people are thrown together out of necessity.
3: It's a lot of pity that it is so small, that the whole uh, scene in, in Dublin is so small, because um, you would find that you meet the same people as well an awful lot of time or whatever. You'd get the same clumps of people uh, going to the same place all the time, so you'd find you're not really uh, meeting newer people or whatever, you know. Um, you can get that a bit. Being so small and
0: seeming like a village can be a advantage, but it can be a disadvantage in as much as everyone knows what you're doing. That can be a big disadvantage in as much as it's like living in a goldfish bowl, I mean, you go out to so few places, you can't go out without bumping into someone, you know. So if you were wanting a quiet night out, it will be difficult on the Dublin scene, anyhow.
4: In Dublin, up until now, you've had the case where there's only been a handful of gay places, so everyone has been mixing quite happily together, or whatever, unhappily or separately in the same space. Um, But I think that'll begin to change as, as the lifestyle bars increase in number. You'll see much more of a division between... Classes.
1: Generally, it is more a little more mixed than, you know, straight club or whatever, um, which is a good thing, but it's something that probably gets less as the scene gets bigger. I mean, you go to big, you know, cities with big gay scenes, you, you know, they're very subdivided, you know. We're not big enough for that yet, and in a way it's kind of... Um, well, I kind of hope it never gets that divided.
5: In a larger city, people have... Choices and make choices to meet on the basis of other things other than the sexuality. And then you get a bigger city, and they, make, they even have a, a greater set of choices. They can meet in a local pub as opposed to a city centre
3: one. A lot of gay people um, would have to come into, the, into town, into the city, or wherever. Uh, they wouldn't have any say If they were living out in Talla, there wouldn't be a gay club out there, or in Dundee or somewhere like that. Straits I mean, have a, they can go down the road, and that's it, they're in their club, and they can meet people, or go to a, a disco, say, in Leperstown, or wherever. Or Tyler are in their area as well.
4: Every city has its own dynamic and it's self-justifying in that respect. You take it as you find it, and you immerse yourself in it, and you get what you can from it—positive things from it. And I think there's an enormous amount of warmth and sympathy in the Dublin gay scene. I find it—I find it a very friendly place to be, much more actually than other places I've lived. I'm not sure. How the gay um,
2: social scene in Dublin has evolved. On one level, I think it's regressed. Uh, on another level, it's great to see a confidence in gay business. It's great to see people touting services um, and goods at a, a, a gay clientele. But I don't know. It's I've often worried about this. I mean, I've I've. I've thought, it's, it's crossed my mind a lot that, that, you know, it's very easy to equate gay liberation with a proliferation of social services. And having a, a coffee bar, a gay coffee bar, with a big rainbow flag in the front window and um, a string of gay saunas and a couple of gay clubs, doesn't really, I mean, to me, to me that doesn't spell gay liberation. It's a much broader thing like that. Ultimately, it is, about, it is about preserving our identity and at the same time finding a place in society. In a way, integrating into society without losing our identity and without losing part of our, our gayness, part of our queerness. And I think, I think you know, with the uh, burgeoning commercial scene that's happening, that we're in danger of losing some of that.
3: Personally, I made a very very poorly because uh, I think that the case the here in Dublin compared to say Barcelona um, is just so small it's ridiculous um, it's sort of uh, I mean Barcelona has so many clubs I mean it's a, every night of the week you have a choice of about I don't know I lose count I think about eight different clubs plenty of bars and everything and uh, everyone seems to you know it seems to be a different atmosphere in each of them. It seems to be a whole different setup. It's not like the usual sort of just... Uh, I don't know, it seems to have a different teams sort or of whatever in, in different pubs and clubs in, in Barcelona uh, compared to Dublin. And even in Amsterdam or wherever, there's an awful lot bigger scene over there and that's, that even has a smaller population in Dublin.
1: One thing about the gay scene is you do tend to have friends from, not necessarily from many you know, social backgrounds, but even ages and stuff. I mean, I have friends that are 19 and I have friends that are 60, and my straight friends don't have that. But we have that because our scene is still quite small and was even smaller. And you're constantly forced to drink in the same place and you, you meet the same people and, you know, all the
5: time. I think one of the great things about say, the, the so called Celtic Tiger at the moment is that it is providing choices, increasingly provided. providing choices for, for gay people, that they can move more easily. And that is a very, very positive development. If you're harassed in a job, you can move much, much more quickly than you could in the past. The number of young gay men and lesbians now that live in Dublin, have flats, have jobs, and move between jobs, like the drop of a hat, like they really do, they're very confident, and much more confident because they can do that like in the 80s, when I was coming out, there was very little opportunity to do that. And I think you got stuck in a job and then you either would be less willing to come out and risk the harassment.
4: I think it's important never to see the gay scene as some other. It is what you bring to it. It's simply the, the scene is... I mean, what is the gay scene? It's, it's purely the, the socially visible aspect of gay behaviour. And that could be anything... You know, and we've seen massive changes in the scene in Dublin over the last few years and it's not through any kind of major political statements or rallying or anything it's just people getting out and doing stuff you know, and getting over their insecurities or their fears and just being visible The gay scene, I suppose, for a gay person
0: offers a social outlet somewhere to go where you meet your own kind and you, you have a higher chance of getting your... And away, um, somewhere to meet your other gay friends, people that you meet around. Seeing people go out to have sex, people go out to meet somebody for coffee, people go
2: out to make family, uh, to meet friends, to do work, uh, to find some sense of validation for their own bizarreness. I tell you one thing, and I've always felt about a scene
1: this size that is a very positive thing, is. That you're forced to treat people as real people because if you, if you're a straight person, you're going to one of these giant super pubs or whatever, and you bump into somebody at the bar one day and you have an interaction, and they are in a bad mood or they, you know, you got off on a wrong foot and you don't like each other. Well, for the most case, those two straight people will never interact each other again. They won't want to interact with each other again. If they ever see each other again, they'll think, well, that's that who that day. Whatever. Whereas, if that happens to you in one of the gay bars in Dublin, you might decide, "Oh, that person. But then, over time, you're going to constantly meet that person and see that person. And even if you decide that you don't want to interact with them again because you didn't like them that time, chances are your friends know them, or, you know, your boyfriend knows him, or you know, the people who work behind the bar who know you well, know him well. And over time, well, you're forced into, you know, reappreciating him and saying, well, maybe he's not always such a dick because my friend John likes him and the barman Tony likes him, whatever. And over time, then maybe you find out that he isn't such a bad guy and that's just that one day you dig it off on a bad foot. And that has happened to me with lots of people. I can name lots of people that At first, I don't like that person. But then in time, I got to find out positive things about them because I'm always meeting them. And that's the way old, when people say, oh, there used to be community spirit in this country and that... That's what that was about. There were small towns, and, and you know, you didn't like everybody, but you were, you know, you are forced to, you know, treat everybody as a real person or consider them as a real person. Whereas in bigger cities, you don't really have to do that. And in bigger scenes, you don't have to do that. But in one our size, you kind of do.
4: I think that in the gay scene in Dublin, partly because it's quite a young... it is quite a young scene is that there are a lot of people who have worked very hard to to establish places where gay people can meet openly, and um, those people are still very much at the centre of the scene. So, in many ways, there's this tremendous sense of sympathy and understanding there and a philosophy that, that the scene should be inclusive to all people. And often you find there, there are many listening ear. Who are happy to accept anyone in, on whatever level they they want to present themselves.
2: The, the sort of things I remember in the Hirschfeld Centre in Dublin, Lesbian Gay Community Centre in in um, Temple Bar, where it it didn't really it didn't really matter. Um, once you were able to pay, it didn't really matter who you were or what you were. Once you were able to pay the fee, and in some cases, if you <laughs> people would if people made a um, put on the poor mouth, made a strong enough uh, uh, complaint. The the 150 or whatever they were being charged at the door was waived, and it was quite refreshing to be in that sort of environment.
4: Even the whole notion of, of the gay community is something of myth too, because where it's visible is as on the scene, but there are as many gay people that don't want to have anything to do with the scene. There's a whole kind of anti-scene culture, if you like. Um, so, when, you, when you're trying to kind of make some general rule about gay life, you run into problems at the moment you're talking about the gay scene because it's just one aspect of a much bigger lifestyle.
5: I think everyone wants to latch on something that will support their identity. I mean, I, there is a, a problem, I guess, in the gay community is that one of the aspects of our identity we, that we can seize on and give us a positive sense of ourselves can be youth attractiveness and so forth. I think middle class people can expand the range of things that give their identity a kind of positive aspect. Like for example, you can be well off, you can have a nice interesting job, you can have a nice flat and a nice, a nice lifestyle. So actually when you're, I don't know, when your attractiveness or physical youth or whatever goes, um, you, have, you have other things that support your identity
4: because it's still not easy to be gay. Men, I suppose, more than women who would use the scene intermittently in between relationships. You know, they they use the scene really just as a way of meeting a boyfriend and then once they've met that person they go off and form some kind of domestic bliss and it's only when that relationship is threatened that they'll reappear in the clubs but only for as long as it takes them to find another partner and then they're away again. And these are the same people who would have quite a negative view towards the scene and you can often see it, you know, when you see those personal column advertisements, people define themselves as non C I I mean, what does that mean? It it assumes a whole negative um, bunch of qualities about the scene. You know, as if the scene is somewhere where you are exposed to unlimited promiscuity and unfaithfulness and disloyalty and bitchiness, you know. And it, by defining yourself as non scene, you're kind of elevating yourself from that, and that seems to underlie this kind of, this kind of, quite I- equivocal relationship with the scene. Because at the same time, they, these people are using the scene to meet the people that they're going to spend a portion of their life with. It's hypocrisy, really, and it's deeply irritating. I think to people who, who have contributed in some way to public gay life.
5: In Dublin, there, aren't, there isn't, because of lack of funding, a lot of gay community voluntary or non-profit or low-cost provision. There tends to be, everything tends to be provided on a commercial basis at the moment, which is fine if you can afford it, but there isn't enough for people who probably can't get into other things. People who are poor, I mean, and that, that, that doesn't, not all working-class people are poor, so it is people who are marginalised and excluded, say, in the gay community... Um, So they would tend to be more at risk of isolation, risk of being excluded, or else having to put themselves into places where they would actually be more at risk, whether it's cruising in a park or cruising on the docks or whatever that might be.
3: Since the law reform, uh, there has been more pubs and clubs or whatever. But I think that the main problem is, is, I mean, you have big clubs or whatever, like the Mission or whatever, and they're only open on Monday nights for gays, or Eamon Doran's is only open on a Wednesday night. Uh, and there's nothing on Saturday night. It's like that these big venues only give over the, the, to the gay scene on their bad nights. You know, like uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. You know that uh, that's that's definitely. I mean, something that has to be done about because it is ridiculous that you, the weekend nights you only have the George and one other place, properly if you're lucky. <laughs>
4: Gay culture in its popular medium is essentially a middle-class thing. Whenever it's discussed or covered in the media, it's always the, the middle-class side of life that, that is discussed because that's what people feel comfortable with. You know, it's the Calvin Klein, gym going well-spoken, educated, friendly, gay-next-door image which is palatable for most people, and that's gays included. It's not just something that that you could say that the straight world is, is imposing on the gay community, gays themselves are self-censoring. Um, certain aspects of the culture are being denied, and there's a kind of homogenization of identity, which is always at work. But even just from my own observation, there does seem to be
5: a lot of sort of young working class guys who are very are attra- you know attractive, who bloom hugely. And uh, hopefully that actually is expanding, but there was always a sense that these young men, hugely excited, but very, very unsupported, without the same kind of, I would say, kind of resources that middle-class gay people have, they come on the scene, bloom, but decline very quickly.
1: I'd say sex is a social leveller momentarily. (laughs) And, uh, And so the gay scene, you know, you do come across, you know, 50-year-old barristers and 21-year-old bricklayers hanging out together. And, you know, if you're handsome, you can get away with a lot. But that happens, I think, straight scenes too. You know, gorgeous girls can get away with a lot and gorgeous guys can get away with a lot.
5: Contrary to popular belief, being gay is not a route upwards. It doesn't make you move class very quickly. In fact, it can do the reverse. That actually, for a lot of gay people, being gay can lead to poverty it can increase the risk of poverty of being fired or whatever but definitely when you are or you are poor when you're gay you actually even have less advantages within that poverty it can be much much worse
2: certainly uh, pre the criminal law changes. I can well remember being kicked out of bars in Dublin for holding hands with boyfriends or for not even snogging, but just you know a light kiss on the cheek or because I was wearing bright clothes or because somebody just decided that I looked too faggy. It just so happens that I was, and that was reason enough for them to kick me out. Thankfully, those days are gone.
4: I don't know how much the change in the law made overnight to people living in in Dublin who were gay. I think that if you'd been living in Dublin as a gay person all that time, you'd already found some way of making it work for you. But, of course, it was immensely important in the long run for encouraging other people and younger people not to have to go to the same kind of extremes. The scene is less political now, overtly political, than it was. Um, And sometimes there's there's almost a division now, I think, between the kind of old-school gays who fought really hard... For changing the law and the kind of Johnny Come Latelys, all the younger kids who whose priorities are different, who care more about Calvin Kleins and suntans and gym bodies than they do about standing up for their rights, and there is a certain political complacency, I think, amongst the average gay. The law reform would have
0: things would have opened up a little bit since then, or slow opened up slowly since then. There would be more gay-friendly places, which is a horrible town. Um, yeah, there'll be, there'll be a lot of places that's quite comfortable for gay people to drink in. That wouldn't necessarily be gay pubs, but would be more than welcoming to gay people. Um, so maybe tradi- the traditional gay pub or the traditional gay scene in Dublin is history. Uh, I've been in the f- unfortunate
2: position where I was involved in running a club, a gay club in Dublin, very successful gay club in Dublin, and the security, some of the security there, before we really spelled it out to them, some of the security took it into their heads that because it's a, a gay club, gay meant men. And were hugely discriminatory towards women. And it seemed to me either they're, they're Gaydar wasn't attuned enough to pick up who were the gay women but it's it got me thinking and here we are running a gay club where we seem to be displaying exactly the type of discretion and... Prejudice that was displayed to, towards um, us as gay people, say, 20-odd years ago, where we're asking people if they're gay and, and on the basis of their answer decides whether they get into a club or not. And I thought, my God, can we move on? And while I can, I can understand some people's arguments for having a gay-only space, I do think you know, it behoves us all to try and create... Uh, An interesting social space where all of us, regardless of gender or sexual orientation, can actually meet and and bring something to each other's lives. Oh, I'd like to be able to say to you that nobody
1: minds and they all love to be together, but it's actually not true. And, um, you know, most nights some queen will come up to you and bitch about the crowd. Do you know they'll have some complaint? Either it's too straight or it's too gay, or it's too old, or it's too young, or whatever. You know, you can't keep everybody happy all of the time.
4: It's important to feel any gay person going into a bar that they're not going to be on show to an audience which is in any way unsympathetic. Um, and so the clubs that we run, we try very hard to make sure that the ratio is always in favour of, of the gay person. That There's never a, a case where... The gay person who may be slightly less secure about declaring their identity is exposed to anything other than acceptance.
2: I mean, I can understand in in the past where there was there was a very um, huge there was a huge imperative on creating a safe place for everybody, regardless of regardless of their social class, regardless of their income, regardless of the clothes they were wearing, regardless of. Their position in society. It does seem that all that has changed. Uh, there are elements of it, but I think you really have to look um, look hard and long and also go out, really go out of Dublin.
4: I think the fundamental purpose for going out when I was young, coming out for the first time, was self-expression. That's what I wanted from clubs and bars. And I think for any person coming out for the first time, the surprise you feel when you when you enter that environment where you no longer have to stop yourself from making a fool of yourself you know, or or in any way change who you are in order to please someone else. It, it's just an incredible feeling. And you, you never really lose that. I think every time you go to a gay bar, you're always aware that this is your special environment wherever you're going to meet like-minded people. And it might, might not even be a sexual thing. It's just a sense that you can relax there. When you are
5: gay... Um, things like, you know, your own safety. A lot of people are actually, they're most at risk in the place in which they live rather than in any other, you know, walking on the street or whatever. If you have, um, if you have money, you can make a decision about where you can live. Um, increasingly in Dublin, and always has been the case, but even increasingly so, it's very difficult to make a decision where you can live. Sometimes you just have to stay put and maybe suffer terrible
4: harassment. I think if you've experienced the gay scene in a number of different cities, you begin to realise that the scene is actually what you bring to it and that all the assumptions and projections about the scene that you might read in the gay press or that you might hear from people who are less comfortable with going out on the gay scene you know, are, are simply that. They're just assumptions and projections and they're not a judgement in any way. And that's a tremendous relief, I think, because the, the gay scene is really... It's the most powerful aspect of gay life. It's where gay people are actually expressing themselves socially and forming some kind of sense of who they are in in society as a whole. And the more people go out and experience and see how other gay people live, the easier it is for them to function normally in society, you know, not ghettoizing themselves. And it's kind of. I used to often I used to hear friends who are very anti of the scene say things like, oh, I don't want to go out with gay people, I want to just go out with straight people and I I just want to sort of be normal and and be accepted and integrated. And they don't seem to understand that that is what the gay scene is for. It's there for you to share your experiences to make it easier to know who you are. And I think that there's a lot of damage done by gay people themselves in denying themselves this kind of expression.
0: gay scene would be reflective of society in general I'd say um, you know you'd still have in the gay, on the gay scene you'd have snobberies on both sides, you'd have people that will, you know, drink in certain pubs, won't drink in other pubs will go to certain clubs, won't go to other clubs would look down on people of less education or lower income and Vice versa, it wouldn't be everyone, but it'd probably be more or less the same reason, greater, larger, wider society.
5: I think society should be a social leveler, and I think the thing, in generally, if we live in a, a fair society, if we lived in a fair society, then the gay community would be fairer. I think you cannot expect the gay community on its own to actually, you know deconstruct the whole um, divisions and inequalities that exist in Irish society generally. Obviously, that's what I'd love, but I don't, think, I don't think gay people should be blamed for having the same problems as the rest of Irish society.
4: And I don't think they should be given the responsibility for putting them right either, solely. Is the gay scene a social leveller? Is Well, should it be a social leve- leveller anyway? And why should the gay scene be held up as some exemplar of equality um, because after all it's the same people on the scene who are gay that you're going to meet in every other walk of life and there's as much inequality there as there is anywhere else so if you want to address the question of social inequality then why narrow it down to the gay scene do you know what I mean there's, there's no special case there
0: should the gay scene be a social leveller Um well not I should be um can anywhere be it should be less there's a lot of um, a lot of the um, divisions that I'd see between what I was talking about a rougher element and a more respectable element or a stuck up element and a more real element wherever you want to put it um, a lot of it is false a lot of it is front they're usually for very shallow reasons that there is um division